Anyway, hallelujah. What a blessing to get together today. Uh, good to see you, Chris. Um, and uh, it's just amazing that we can come to pray, spend a little bit of time in the Word, and just really press in today. We have been sharing from John chapter 16, and uh, we're going to share a little more on that. I just want to give you an update that, you know, uh, as many of you know, I'm staying in the U.S. through January. So we're just uh, praying for the right opportunities and the places that we will be going to uh, this month. Uh, right now I'm in New York and uh, I'm dog sitting and farm sitting for Pete, who's over in Ireland with his family. Uh, so that's a blessing for this next week. I'll be here and I'll be here for next week's Zoom call and then I'll be back on the road again. So uh, it, is, it is nice to have some downtime, isn't it? You all like downtime? I don't know about you, but it's pretty good having a few days off where you can uh, rest and you're not running around. You know, I like to listen to a lot of messages and hear the perspective of where people are coming from. Uh, and one of the things I was listening to today, um, I, I was listening, I wanted to go online and just listen to some Christian pastors dealing with the fourth commandment on the Sabbath. <laughs> you know, that, that could be a very frustrating thing to listen to. But anyway, as I went through it, it was, it was actually quite encouraging because I, I was able to reach out to this pastor and I'm looking forward to connecting with him because of uh, some of the statements that he made uh, within um, Exodus chapter 20. You know, he talked about the whole focus and the need of rest and how the commandments are for today. And of course, they talk about the civil, the national and the moral laws of uh, uh, the Torah. So they get all these things mixed up because they don't understand their identity. But, you know, he suffers uh, because of bad health. And what, you know, the insurance company or his doctor says the number one most unhealthy people on the planet are pastors. Um, because of the pressures and things that they are under, but also because they don't know how to rest. And there he was teaching on the Sabbath and then confessing that he's never experienced rest in, um, I, I think it was like 40 or 50 years of ministry. He hadn't experienced rest um, in the physical sense. Now, he, he talked about the rest of, uh, you know, that you, you find in the spirit, you know, uh, and, you know, sometimes they try and push that over as a fourth commandment to enter into his rest. It's not just about one day. It's about being in the rest, having the spirit. And that's the rest. Of course, that's not really the teachings of what we see within the scriptures. But anyway, when you think and consider uh, Christian doctrine and what they teach from an apostolic Pentecostal type of background, I understand where he's coming from. So I just sent him a little message. I just reached out to him and asked if I could talk with him uh, because his health is so bad that the doctor said, there's nothing medically wrong with you. It must just be extreme stress from all your years of ministry. And uh, he's gone through some real bad health uh, problems and things. So anyway, I'm, I'm not going to say his name or anything like that. He's, he's a known uh, international speaker. And I'm just going to, uh, I've reached out to him today and I just want to talk with him about, uh, you know, potentially having a Zoom call or a meeting with them to go through and discuss a little more about, 
what it means uh, to enter into the Sabbath rest. And, you know, there's one thing that he was uh, sharing, um, which is really when I went back into my Bible, uh, I'll just hit on this for a second and then we'll pray and start. But in Exodus chapter 20, when it says in verse 8, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Well, in the Hebrew, it's not really translated the way by keeping it holy. It's about making it holy. You know, so six days we work, and then on the seventh day, you rest. And it talks about the completion of your work, six days to complete your work, yeah? So all your work is done, okay? Um, <laughs> all your work is done. Has anyone ever got to Sabbath and all your work is done? You ever got to that place where you sit down and you go, hallelujah, all my work is done? Never. <laughs> it doesn't happen. So what do we see here in Exodus chapter 20? We see the statement of faith. This is powerful because, and I've, I've shared this in teachings before as, as we've broken some of these things down, and I've talked about uh, how we, we cast all our cares onto the Father. We live in that Sabbath. We live in the Sabbath day. As if everything's done. You know what, Father, I've done everything I can do in the natural. And all the things I didn't get to complete, I release them before you into your kingdom. I release them to you. And I thank you, Father, that if there's things that need to get sorted out, you will sort it out. That uh, the very fact that I'm having this Sabbath rest doesn't mean that my world is going to go into turmoil. In fact, it means Father, I submit to you so that I can receive your anointing, your authority, your blessing, so that I can fellowship with you. Because remember, the Sabbath is a feast day, uh, and it's important uh, that it's a feast day. So what, what do we need to do? We need to make it holy. Hallelujah. Make it holy, not keep it, keeping it holy. No, making it holy. Hallelujah. So we're saying, you know what? This is a set-apart time. This is an appointed time. You know, um, Leviticus chapter 23 talks about the Sabbath uh, being a feast. It's an appointed time where we're set apart in the presence of Yehovah. It's not just about, well, I have a rest because it's Sabbath. <laughs> you, know, you, we, oh, you know, work six days and have a rest. You know, it doesn't say that in the scripture, does it? Just have a rest. He says, he says remember the Sabbath and keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, all, underline all, do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to Yahovah your Elohim. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your sons, your daughters, or your male or female servants, or your animals. Your animals. Come on, tell that to your dog when it wants a big walk on Shabbat. Say, listen, you need to chill out. <laughs> Sometimes that's a rest going for a walk with the dog anyway, isn't it? You know, but um, so we see how important the context of instruction on the fourth commandment is. And it's actually got more written about it than any of the other commandments, because what's the father saying? I want to meet with you. I want you to experience the fullness of everything I have for you. And if we can have this mindset that when we know we haven't done everything, but we've got to understand how to live stress-free. 
And if you don't know how to release things, then that's how our bodies get sick. Our bodies get sick because we build up all of these stresses upon stress. You've got to know how to cast your cares onto Yahovah. Cast your cares uh, onto uh, Elohim because he cares for you. You know, Yeshua says, um, uh, my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. Yeah. So, you know, we've got to take on his yoke and realize that even though this world wants to throw so much at us and wants to put us under so much pressure and pastors don't know how to observe the Sabbath, they don't know how to make it holy, they don't know how to experience the rest of Yahovah, um, you know, we end up being tormented by the enemy. And it wasn't until 2011 into 2012 that I truly experienced the rest of Sabbath. In fact, it's after we got our citizenship and we moved into our own home in Israel in uh, uh, was it January or February 2012. That's when we, when we set the order of our home. Because when you're living in other people's homes, you can't set the order, but we can set the order in our home. And that's when we set the order of the importance of the Sabbath rest. And after, you know, decades in ministry, traveling all over the world, and, you know, sometimes we think we're resting and, you know, we've got the mindset wrong. It's not just about having a holiday, you know, ah, I've got one day holiday. It's not a holiday. It's a time where we make it holy. It's a time where we have an appointment where we are refreshed, we're empowered, we're strengthened by the Spirit, and, you know, we want to be in the presence of Yahovah every day. Amen? So we don't want to go through the first day of the week or any of the days of the week without the presence of Yahovah. But when we understand that we are coming into a Sabbath, that's why we have preparation day on the Friday, the preparation for the Sabbath, that, you know, you've got to have an extra half a day just to get organized to, to make it holy, yeah? It's not half a day, you know, what what do we spend the Friday doing? It's like, oh, I've got to get organized. I need to clean the house. I need to do this. I need to get that sorted, get this sorted. And, and we go through the process of all the things that we have to do so that when we come into the Sabbath, when we come into that rest, even with our eye gates, they're not looking around thinking about all the things that we have to do. So sometimes we've got to put things out the way so we enter into his rest. Amen? So, yeah, I'm preaching up a storm here, and this is not even what we're talking about, but I just, uh, you know, this this is what I was meditating on, um, just, you know, going through Sabbath yesterday and, and just spending time this morning in the Word when I was up um, after feeding the chickens and the goats and getting all that organized and, <laughs> then it's just like, you know, Father, I just want to come aside um, and I pray for Christian pastors. I pray for the leaders who are leading those who are born again of the Spirit. And it, look, we, we, we must stop cursing the church world and start praying for them to be supernaturally transformed by the Spirit, right? We've got to get to that place where we know how to communicate. And if we have that small window to communicate, We've got to know that we're speaking the right language at the right time so we can accomplish what needs to be done in the spirit because you don't know how long you're going to have with that person. 
And you know, we don't we don't want to get to the place where it's speak to the hand after five seconds. We need to be intelligent in how we minister the word and how we communicate the word and how we live the life so people see uh that that's basically to walk in Torah is not legalism, it's freedom and liberty in the spirit. It's not religious Judaism, it's the freedom of the spirit. And uh, this pastor I was listening to uh, that's struggling with his health, going through, man, he's, he's got, man, he talked, he actually went through his entire ministry for 30 minutes after opening up on why he hasn't spiritually uh, or, or he hasn't physically experienced the Sabbath rest. And it just blew my mind because I realized that when I was ministering all the time, you know, I used to take a try and take Mondays as a down day because I'd always be preaching and stuff. And oh, that's my day off. So what am I doing? I'm cutting the grass. Well, no, of course I'm not cutting the grass. That's what Haley does. You don't see me cutting the grass. <laughs> but you're doing all the things that you would do if you've got a day off. But still, that's not entering into the rest of Yahovah. You know, it's quite funny because. Um, staying at Pete's place. So what was I doing yesterday or, or Friday, preparation day? I'm preparing this house. I'm I'm doing the floors, I'm washing, I'm getting everything done, I'm doing laundry. I'm, I'm, I moved in from the caravan into the house because I'm looking after two dogs and Sparky, man, he's just a nutter. Uh, he's, uh, I don't know what he is, a coon hound or something, I don't know. But anyway, he's just, he goes like crazy, doesn't, doesn't slow down. So I thought, I really need to come and live with him in the same place because uh, he drinks about 14 gallons of water and he needs to go pee like every half an hour. And he wakes up at four o'clock in the morning, uh, barking his head off. And I thought, man, I better just stay here and look after him. Uh, so anyway, I went through all the preparation. Haley's like, you know, you don't even do this at home, <laughs> you know. You know, what What do you mean you're making your bed? You're making the bed. You don't do that at home. <laughs> but what, what are we doing? It's preparation. So think, think about this for a second. What are the interruptions you experience on a Shabbat? Uh, is it uh, our environment? Does our environment cause uh, rob us of a rest? Uh, and, and what type of things can we do to prepare to truly enter into that rest? Uh, so that we can experience uh, that time before Yehovah. I like to have meetings with the brethren at, at the end of Shabbat, not at the beginning of Shabbat. I want to experience the rest. I want to experience time in the scriptures. Um, now, of course, I'm an early riser. Wave, all you early risers, wave. Come on. I can see a few of you out there. Yeah, we've got a few waves going on. Esther, I can't believe you're not waving. It's five o'clock in the morning when you're <laughs> six o'clock in the morning. But yeah, yeah, it depends. Early risers by choice, yeah, or <laughs> yeah. But you know, so we get in the presence. Why do we get up early? Because you want to get up before other people are up. Uh, the interruptions are up. Not that people are an interruption, but life is going to start moving pretty fast, and we want to get in the presence of Yahovah. So. Anyway, I just wanted to make a couple of points on this. I had no intention of even talking about this right now, but maybe the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, someone needs to hear this right now. And uh, if that's you, just you know, uh, send me a little note or whatever. But uh, I hope that blesses you. Remember the Sabbath, not by keeping it holy, 
but make it holy. I make a decision. My work is finished. I cast that before the Father. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not taking the weight of the things that I have to do on my to-do list, you know, and uh, I'm going to make it holy and say this is a set-apart time, you know, and get the djembe out. I haven't got the harp like David, you know, so I get the djembe out, maybe have a little bit of a jam on the djembe and praise, you know, and uh, I'll get the guitar out. <laughs> you know, it's, it's what we like to do as we worship, as we press in. So anyway, I just, uh, I wanted to say that because my heart really went out to this man who said so many things that were right. He even said, you know, the spirit of the law is tougher. And, and this, is, this is very difficult to see Christian pastors confess this that the spirit of the law is tougher than the letter of the law, because usually they're so, they're, they're in the blinkers. The law, the law, you can't do it. It's too hard. And, and, and they're just, you know, legalists, Judaism, and the Judaizers or whatever, they're just screaming at you, and, and they just can't see the writing on the page. But, you know, he, he was saying with a humble heart, he's saying, listen, the spirit of the law, is harder than the letter of the law. You know, what Yeshua came and brought was a whole another level of weight. And this is why the portions of Scripture that we're doing in John chapter 14, 15, and 16 are so vitally important. And <clears throat> we're just taking our time. Maybe I'll get through one verse. Maybe, maybe I don't even get to John uh, chapter 16. Uh, you know, whatever. But what I want us to experience, if we are truly going to live this life by the Spirit um, or, or live this life at all, following His commands, walking in His ways, it has to be done by the Spirit. Amen? It's got to be by the Spirit. So if you try and do it in the flesh, I've met so many believers that have come out of mainstream Christianity, coming back to Torah, so excited about coming back to instructions. And I realize... They're just going from one religion into another religion. They're just looking for that comfort from a system. They're looking for a systematic comfort. They're looking for someone tell me this. Someone tell me what to do. Someone tell me what to read this week. Someone tell me what we should be focused on. So all responsibility is on the outside, not on the inside. And I'll just be a follower. I'll just be a little sheep going along with religion. But when we truly come back to Torah, we come back to the joy, we come back to the life, we come back to the authority of what it means to be an overcomer by the Spirit. So remember the Sabbath day, make it holy in the mighty name of Yeshua, make it holy, hallelujah, make it holy, put a note uh, in your scripture there, and recognize that by the Spirit, you have authority uh, to live this life. Amen? You have authority to live this life. So uh, let's not curse the, the, the church world. Let's not curse them, because it says in the Word that, uh, that, that Yeshua's coming back for a bride without spot and blemish. He's going to organize all of this. He's going to get it all into line. Praise Yehovah. He got you in line. He got me in line. Hallelujah. 
let, just take a moment and worship him for that, that he gave us revelation. Some of us are frustrated. Why did I not know this before? Why did I not have this understanding 20 years, 30 years, whatever years uh, ago? How, how come I'm walking in this now? Listen, don't get caught in the past. Just rejoice at where you are and what the Spirit's doing in your life today. And don't get stuck in the mud with your ideas that you're not open to change. Because if you've got to learn something new, you have to be able to let go of something that you believed and thought was truth. It's the only way to take in new information about something. So we don't want to get on and talk about the scriptures from the basis of opinion. We don't want opinion because an opinion is an undetermined uh, process of thinking. It means I haven't done the research. I haven't understood everything. And, you know, this is just my opinion. No, we want to understand the truth. And Yeshua, he said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the, I, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then what's he doing? He's introducing the spirit, the spirit of truth. Um, so anyway, I hope you're all prayed up before you get on the call. We haven't even prayed yet as a group. But, you know, I hope you're all prayed up. And I'm just, I'm just going to pray right now that we have eyes to see because I, I just see what the Spirit's doing. We're trucking already. We're already trucking. We're, 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 <clears throat> we're not off subject at all. We're totally on subject by the Spirit of Yahovah. Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. And Father, as we just go through these scriptures, as we press in, Give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to understand. I, I pray, Father, more than everything, you break off as a spirit of religion. Every area that the flesh wants to get into a routine of uh, religious behavior, break it off as in the mighty name of Yeshua, that we can truly walk in the freedom of the spirit, embracing the fullness of your Torah and the, the fullness of your ways. But we, you, you want us to experience joy. You want to... Uh, the more we understand, the greater our joy should become. The more mature we are, our joy, our maturity is another word for joy is complete. And we receive that today in the mighty name of Yeshua. Thank you, Father. You know, just thinking about joy as, as we're praying on joy there, um, you know, the spirit of truths, the focus is to bring us to that place of joy. I'm sure we talk about that in uh, uh, <laughs> John 16. Let me turn there. I haven't even got it open there. Let's turn there, uh, and uh, we'll see if we make some reference to it. But, you know, it's not about notes, is it? It's, it's just about being led, yeah? Uh, when I, You know, we just want to be led by the spirit in the things that we do, and, uh, you know, we... We're coming into that section, yeah, where it's talking about how the grief will be turned to joy. And, and just when we when we picture that joy, isn't it amazing when we watch some people get the revelation of the importance of the of our identity as Israel and what the conditions of that responsibility of being Israel is all about and how the word applies to us differently from when we are just considered like um, you know a New Testament Christian in Protestant Catholic uh, theology, right? We see some people, they go into a place of knowledge beyond anything you can imagine. 
right? They get so devoted and committed to breaking everything down in the Hebrew language, um, changing all the names in the Hebrew. Uh, you know, oh, it's not Jesus. Oh, man, if you if you didn't say Yeshua, Yehoshua, and all different, oh, man, you're going to hell if you don't get it right. And what do we see? We see some people, they, they go down this track where they're so obsessed, right, with new revelation, this new way of seeing things, that they're so focused on building knowledge, but you know something's wrong because all their joy is gone. They have no joy in it. There's no freedom in how they operate. There's no freedom in how they speak. All they want to do is curse everyone. They want to tell everyone how wrong they are. Oh, brother, I have to tell you this. It's my obligation as your brother. If I don't tell you this, maybe you're going to go to hell, but you got this wrong <laughs> and you need to get it right. And they're not speaking to you in love. They're speaking to you out of their knowledge. You know, this is what I'm learning. You've got to understand it, how I understand it. You've got to say his name like this. If you, you know, if you don't, it, it's amen. It's not amen. It's amen. You, you got the spelling wrong, brother. Oh, did you put a J with hallelujah instead of a Y with hallelujah? Listen, brother, you know, you need to, and, and you know, come on. I'm a, you know, you know what I'm talking about, yeah? And uh, maybe some of you uh, are convicted. Maybe you've been there, right? But uh, listen, if you're in, in that position, don't stay there, right? We've got to get that freedom. We've got to understand uh, what Yeshua is saying. So in John 14, 15, and 16, we see Yeshua. He says, listen, don't let your hearts be troubled. You know, believe in Elohim, believe also in me. And then he talks about the change that's taking place and the change. Listen, it's not going to be like it used to be. And hallelujah for change. But sometimes when change comes, you can be overwhelmed with grief because we like things to be in some form of order. You know, uh, like Haley, you know, she's she's used to me now uh, after 30 years of marriage. You know, I can just be trucking along one day and everything's cool. And the next minute, uh, Haley, I'm, I'm off to this country. Well, when are you going? Well, um, I can get a ticket. I've got to be at the airport in two and a half hours, right? <laughs> You know, and this is just how we fly. It's how we operate. It's learning the change. And sometimes the shock of the change. Well, what about this? What about, we've got to do this. We've got, well, you know what? I just got to go. We just got to live by faith, walk by the spirit, do what the father's called us to do and support each other in the midst of living life in the spirit. But when change comes and the change that we see here in John 14, 15 and 16 is so dramatic. It's it's physically being together with Yeshua. Wow. To walk with him. You know, if you've got a problem, goodness me, you don't need Father Google or you don't need Siri on your app phone to help you in the midst of the problem. You just turn to Yeshua, he's standing next to you, <laughs> right? You know, if you can't cast that devil out, he'll sort it out for you. If you haven't got the understanding or trouble's coming, step back, let Yeshua stand in front. He'll have the answer, right? But they're moving from a place where Yeshua says, I've got to go to the Father, and where I'm going, you can't come. Why are you not asking, where am I going? And then we talked about that last week, and then the previous uh, few few weeks back, um, you know, where are you going? Just show us the Father. That'll be enough for us, you know, in chapter 14. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. 
you continually hear this. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. So we see the introduction, the introduction of the deity of uh, the Godhead in a fullness. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to step on some toes, uh, maybe not so much within this group, but I might be stepping on some toes in this group because I think we've got so much um, uh, concepts from Judaism you know, Catholicism does not own the triunity of Elohim. It doesn't come from Catholicism. There's no word Trinity in your Bible, right? But there, there, clearly we see how Yeshua is praying to the Father, right? When he is mikvahed, when he's immersed, what takes place? The Spirit comes upon him as a dove. The Spirit leads him into the wilderness. The Father speaks out of the clouds. This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. We see the oneness of the Son uh, of the Father. We also see uh, in one of the scriptures, you know, there's one un unforgivable sin, that's to the sin against the, the Ruach HaKodesh, against the Holy Spirit. So you can blaspheme Yeshua, you can blaspheme the Father, and it's forgivable. Blaspheme the Spirit, it's unforgivable. You know, and that's another, uh, maybe we'll do a teaching on that and really break that down one week uh, so that we understand it. But I've talked to many leaders in the Hebraic walk. I've talked to, uh, you know, e even right back after um, the Izusa revival, um, uh, Tommy Tenney's dad and a group of others were meeting on the West Coast of America. And uh, Tommy Tenney's dad, I can't remember his first name now, uh, Pastor Tenney, he stood up and he said, it's oneness. Uh, it's it's all about Yeshua. It's all about the oneness of God. Yeshua is the Father, not Yeshua and the Father are one. Yeshua is the Father. And, you know, we should only baptize in the name of Yeshua. Well, listen, when I do immersions, we do immersions in Yeshua, because that's what we see in the Scripture. The translation from the Matthew Hebrew of uh, Matthew chapter 28, where it talks about baptizing the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit— it's not in the original text that's been found. And we understand what Catholicism has done. You know, uh, if you want to join the, the Catholic Church, you know, you get sprinkled, you get baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? And now you're a member of the, uh, you know, uh, the Catholic uh, Church, the one church. And you're going to go to heaven because you got uh, baptized, you got confirmed uh, in the Catholic Church. There's your little St. Christopher's. And you're going to heaven, everything's going to be cool. Of course, we know that's not in the Scripture. But the triunity of um, the Father, Son, and the Spirit, don't let any demon in hell or any so-called teacher rob you from the fullness of the understanding. You are body, spirit, soul. And I, I don't hear anyone complaining about body, spirit, and soul. You know, we're three parts, one body, spirit, and soul. We have the Father, we have the Son, and we have the Spirit. And we listen to the Spirit. Now, last week, we ended on verse 16, and I, I just sort of browsed over into it uh, because of verse 15. It says, all that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I said, the Spirit will receive from me what he has made known to you. And then Yeshua, he went on to say, in a little while, you will see me no more than after a little while you will see me. And I mentioned at the end of last week, 
you know, this is because Yeshua is going to die. He's going to rise again. You won't see me and then you will see me. But if we look at it within the context, right, of what is written here, even though we can pull that element out of it, the context of what we are going through here is totally about the understanding of the spirits, the importance of the spirit. It says in verse 17, at this, uh, at this, some of the disciples said to one another, what does it mean by saying, in a little while you will see me no more, then after a little while you will see me, uh, and because I'm going to the, and, and because I'm going to the Father, they keep asking, what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he is saying. So let's just open this section up a bit so that we understand it within the context of what we have been reading uh, in this chapter. We're talking about the working of the Spirit. We're talking about, listen, you're going to experience grief. You're going to experience a shifting. And we need that shifting within our life, within the doctrines of our understanding. Why? Because Because the Father wants us to experience the fullness of His joy. And there's nothing more joyful There's nothing more joyful than receiving the revelation of the Spirit. You know, when you're in a situation and you don't know the answer, or you're driving down the road on the wrong side of the road and you're just not thinking, and then the Holy Spirit says, get on the other side of the road right now, you're on the wrong side of the road. Well, guess what? It's not your flesh speaking to you, because your your flesh wouldn't be telling you, get on the other side, it would be saying, It's, you know, what are you doing? The spirit, get on the other side. And you go on the other side and then a truck comes around the corner that you should have had a head-on collision. You know the spirit is speaking. And there's so many ways where we hear the spirit. When you're reading a portion of scripture and then the Holy Spirit says, this connects to this. And as you read this, I want you to read this. And I love the way that the Ruach HaKodesh weaves things through when we get together. Sometimes notes get in the way, don't they? You know, we can have our notes and the things we want to say, and we have our track that we want to go down. But then when something shifts within the meeting, usually it's when the notes just go to the side, yeah? Or or the thoughts of what we think we're going to do, what we think we're uh, we're, we're going to be talking about, you know, even though the meditation's been there, the preparation has been there, because, you know, we want to be... Uh, you know, we want to be ready in season and out of season. We want to be ready to deliver the word, to speak forth his truth. But when the spirit starts moving, um, I was speaking to, I think it was, uh, it was maybe Al and Connie um, when I was up with them last week. I was talking about what happened when I recorded the message, Have We Lost the Love? And at the end of that message, once it gets to about 45 minutes in, something happens so supernatural that when I finish speaking at 59 minutes and something, or, or 50 whatever minutes and something seconds, when I finish speaking, all of the camera people and all the people in the control room in the studio, no one could move. Everyone was just like stuck. The presence of Yehovah was so strong. It was just, it was like, what is happening? Man, the spirit of Yehovah showed up and Those moments, I want you to think about that for a second. This is what happens when we truly learn to yield to the Spirit. 
And we should be practicing this on an ongoing basis, okay? So I'm going to expand on that as we go down this uh, a little bit, you know, over these next few minutes. But I wanted to put that out there so we're thinking in that vein, what's the spirit of Yehovah going to do in my life? You know, uh, yes, I'm born again. I've accepted Yeshua as my Lord and Savior, but you need that guaranteed seal of your salvation. It's the Spirit. If you don't have the seal of the Spirit, you're not saved. Oh, brother, <laughs> you're not saved. We should know his voice. We should know his ways. We've got to move into another dimension. It's not just about the Word. It's about the Spirit. In a little while, you'll see me no more. Then after a little while, you will see me because I'm going to the Father. Now, he says, you will see me not because I rose from the dead. He says, you will see me because I go to the Father. Now, this is an interesting uh, point within the scripture. So you'll not see me because I rose from the dead, but you'll see me because I go to the Father. What did he say? I've got to go to the Father so the Father can send the Spirit. If I don't go to the Father, you can't receive the Spirit. Amen. So I want us to picture this. In a little while, you will see me no more. Then after a little while, you will see me. And because I go to the Father, they kept asking, what do you mean a little while? We don't understand what he is saying. Yeshua saw that they wanted to ask him about this. So he said to them, interesting that he saw. Isn't that an interesting statement? Yeshua saw that they wanted to ask him about this. So look, look at all the red letters, right? You know, you... <laughs> You, you know, flip through if you've got your red lead, red letter Bibles, yeah. When you go through the book of John, right, you've got black letters of whoever the narrative, other people speaking, the Pharisees, Sadducees, Zacchaeus, whoever, right. And then you've got the red letters Yeshua talking. Then, then you get to you know chapter thirteen. Um, you know you got fifty percent black. In red, right? You get into chapter 15, uh, 14, 15, 16, 17, it's like step back, Yeshua's speaking. Okay, there's very little interaction, right? Very, you know, <laughs> and maybe, maybe the disciples just didn't want to hear what was going on. They didn't want to press too many buttons. They felt like we're a little out of our depth in the midst of this conversation um, where everyone knows, you know, if you want people to, uh, if, if you want them to think that you're uh, clever, even if you're a fool, keep your mouth shut, <laughs> you know? So there's the disciples, they're not saying anything, right? So they're going through this motion. They're listening. Yeshua is putting a plumb line down. I need you to understand this. I need you to understand the importance of the Spirit. And today, more than anything, I'm, I'm telling you, this portion of the Word, these words of Yeshua, they radically transform my life to the level where the Father has used me to minister to millions of people and nations all over the world because of this portion of Scripture, because of the revelation of what it truly means to remain in Him to uh, receive the Spirit, to uh, practice His presence on a level that, you, you know, 
Don't get out of a moment where you're not involving him. Listen, I can't drive the car listening to music. I haven't been able to do that for years. Why? Because I'm not looking for time out when I'm driving. I'm looking for time in. You know, sometimes we're with people and we're speaking and we're traveling and we're ministering and there's conversations. And then when you get into that place where you're in that vehicle by yourself and Connie's laughing because I'm playing the djembe in the back of the truck going down the road from the Elliott Lake, you know, for six hours or whatever. And we're all jamming out and we're worshiping, we're, we're interacting, we're fellowshipping, we're praising. Yeah, of course, that's all great. But I'm talking about when you're on your own. Yeah. When you're on your own. It's not time out, it's time in. How do I use this time to grow in the spirit? How do I use this time to go deeper? How do I use this time to experience more of him? And praying in the spirit, sharamasitaka, rosoko, as I pray, oh yeah, oh, you know, you go on 119 ministries, they'll tell you, oh, that praying in the spirit, man, that's just, uh, that's a false spirit. Well, listen, they came way too late for me. Man, I, I was... I was 11 years old. I was in the closet just reading the book of Acts. And all of a sudden, I get filled with the Spirit. And my dad's a Baptist pastor. And no one gave me the list of how to be a good Baptist. I just had the scriptures. And I'm saying, Father, give me more of you. Pour out your Spirit on my life. Sharima takahasa. Hallelujah. Woo! Just flowing in the Spirit. And then all of a sudden, the joy of Yehovah just filling me, just surrounding me, strengthening me. And as I'm praying in the Spirit, guess what's happening? Revelation is coming forth. Revelation is coming forth. The understanding is coming forth. And it's, it's an amazing uh, experience. I'm not saying that, you know, the, not, you know, I don't believe the sign of the, of the, uh, the mikvah of the Spirit is not speaking in tongues. It's just one of the gifts. But I encourage people, have the fullness. When you run out of English words, or whatever language you speak, Gerda, <laughs> when you run out of the words that you're speaking in your language, how do we move into that next dimension in our prayer walk? We have to do it by the Spirit. We've got to do it by the Spirit. Look, you might have the... The anointing for groaning in the spirit. That's okay. On you go. Groan, groan away, brothers. Groan away, sisters. That's okay. Sometimes there's such a deep work going on, you just feel like you're groaning in the spirit, right? <laughs> it's all right. But what I'm saying is let's press in and experience. So instead of just uh, checking out every time we get that opportunity just to let our brains check out, how about checking in and going deeper in the spirit, going deeper, right? So he says, in a little while, I'll get back to this. Okay, <laughs> we're trying to get through a few of these verses, but man, I tell you, I'm having fun because the word joy is coming up. Joy is coming, hallelujah. And this is what the spirit is all about, the spirit of joy, hallelujah. Praise the name of Yeshua, you know, we're going to get there. Let me tell you, it's verse 24, but don't look ahead. If I catch you looking ahead, you're in big trouble, right? Okay, because I'm going to the Father. So it's not talking about the death, uh, uh, burial, and resurrection of Yeshua. Um, so what does he say here, verse 19? Yeshua saw that they wanted to ask him. Oh, yeah, we're talking about that. We're talking about how he saw that they wanted to ask. So something was welling up, and it, they weren't having a conversation with each other. They might have been looking at each other going, you know, making gestures, but they're not speaking. 
uh, he saw probably through their gestures that they're. I, I have no idea what's he talking about. This this just doesn't make sense. It feels like we're out of the loop here. We're not we're not in uh, in the flow of you know what's been said. You know we we, get, we have to fine tune the channel a little bit here. And he saw that they wanted to ask him about this. He says, "Are you asking one another by gestures? Yeah." Are you asking one another what I meant when I said, in a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? Very truly I tell you, don't you love it? Verily, verily, I say unto you. In the King James Version, yeah, very, very truly, very, verily. <laughs> we see this all over the book of John. Why? Why do we see this in the book of John? What's this verily, verily? You know, it sounds like we've got some nursery rhyme going on. Verily, verily. This is extreme truth. You know, what's John trying to do? He's, he doesn't want to mess around with in between the lines. He wants, he wants to put these points of the evidence of the reality of Yeshua to us very clearly. Verily, uh, I need to find it now. Verily, verily. <laughs> verily, verily. Where are we at? Okay, right. Uh, where are we at? In a, okay, verse 20. Very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You'll reap, you'll weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman gives birth to a child uh, to a child has pain because her time has come. But when the baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. Here we go, talking about joy. You will rejoice. No one's going to take away your joy. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Verily, verily, very truly. I tell you again, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name, in my authority. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Now, he hasn't stopped speaking here. We've just read through a paragraph answering, but he's got a two-paragraph answer to uh, Yeshua saying, look, you're asking me about this. So let's just read the two paragraphs, right? And then we're going to talk about it. So verse 25, though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my father. In that day, you will ask in my name. I am not saying that uh, I will ask the father on your behalf. No, the father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from Elohim. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I'm leaving the world and going back to the Father, right? Now, so you take these two paragraphs and we just, we look at this and what's he talking about? Like, uh, what does this mean in a little while? What are, you talk, what, what are you talking about in this little while? Firstly, you're going to experience this grief, right? And then he says, look, you know, I've been speaking to you figuratively. So I'm trying to 
communicate in such a way that the point gets over. Listen, the world is not going to understand this. When you're in grief, they're going to be rejoicing because, listen, the world doesn't want Yeshua. The world doesn't want the life of the Spirit. The world wants to be left alone to its own devices. So you're in grief because you feel that separation of the physical presence of Messiah on earth. The disciples are experiencing that grief. But what does it say? You, you know, you, you're going to grieve, but it's going to turn to joy, verse 20. It's going to turn to joy. So sometimes when you're going through things, you know, uh, and I'm quoting this pastor again that I was listening to, he got to the place of almost having a nervous breakdown and depression because of the pressures of ministry, and he felt it was really because he didn't understand the Sabbath and how to really make it holy and be set apart. And, and you know, the more you walk in this walk, don't take it for granted. You've got to learn how to release everything in the spirit of Yehovah. You've got to know how to cast your cares onto Yehovah because, you know, if you partake from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then you can have all the knowledge that's good. You can have all the knowledge that's evil. But guess what? You and I are not made to carry all that weight. You're not meant to have the weight of this world on your shoulders. That's not your position or my position. We're called to be found in him, partaking from the tree of life, not from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So many people think if I just get the knowledge, if I just get the understanding, if I memorize this, if I say all the right things and say them all in the right order, then I'm just going to be so awesome and God's going to be so happy with me. Listen, you can put all that pressure on yourself in the area of knowledge. You can be so highly educated to the highest level and have no joy and have no freedom. Yeah. And isn't it amazing what happens to us when you get that release of joy? Uh, when that joy comes, you know, what pain goes, yeah? Uh, the heaviness goes. It's just, whew, it's got to go. Hallelujah. It's just got to get out the way. So we need more joy. We need more uh, compliance in the spirit. So in a little while, you won't see me. You know, the world is going to rejoice. And then it, it, it doesn't just talk about the comparison to how you see things and how the world sees things, black and white, totally different. You know, they're rejoicing. You're grieving. You, you experience the presence. You experience walking with Yeshua. Now the world's like, glad he's out the way because now I don't need to be convicted of my sin, right? Oh, man, I don't have to walk down the street and they're all going, son of David, son of David. They're like, oh, man, rejoicing. He's gone. We don't have to deal with him. The religious were so happy he was gone. He was such a thorn in the flesh for them, wasn't he? But you're going to grieve. And then he talks about the woman giving birth. Now, you know, I, I can't really relate to this one <laughs> as a man. But, you know, I've been with my wife through labor, through uh, childbirth, uh, of, of everything that uh, we experience. Isn't it amazing? You'd think everyone would just have one child and they'd be like, that's it. I've done it. Yeah, been there, done it, got the T-shirt. Not going through that again. <laughs> but here's the reality. When you look into the eyes of that baby, even through all that pain, even through everything you experience, you know, when you look into the eyes of that child, what happens? 
the joy just overflows. Why? Because it's life. It's life. And, you know, this is the combination of what we have to understand. Going back again to John 14, Yeshua said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. Everything that's happening is about life. Why are we born again? It's eternal life. The Father said, I want to give you life. I want to give you life more abundantly. Don't you ever love that scripture? Life more abundantly, more ups and more downs, more ups and more life more abundantly. Hallelujah. You know, but he wants to bless us with his fullness. So yeah, you might be in that valley, right? You might be in that place where it's not all hunky-dory and you're just thinking, I just need a supernatural miracle. I need a release from this place into the next realm and just keep pressing in and don't be depressed in that place. Don't be downcast, oh my soul but rejoice in Yehovah in the midst of this. I might be having more abundant life right now, down here right now, but guess what? I'm coming through this in the mighty name of Yeshua. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, devil, you have no teeth. <laughs> you might put your false teeth in from time to time. You have no teeth. You're a shadow. The shadow of a dog never bit anyone. Amen? <laughs> the shadow is not going to bite anyone. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, death, you have no hold over me. You have no hold over my brothers and sisters in the mighty name of Yeshua. We're walking through this life. We might be in this world, but we are not of this world. We're walking through in the mighty name of Yeshua. So when that woman looks at that child, she sees that joy, right? She forgets the anguish because of the joy of the child. Well, listen, this is the experience of what happens to us and what happened to the disciples after the resurrection of Yeshua and that outpouring of the Spirit that took place at the beginning of Acts. The joy, you know, the, the tongues of fire that came upon them, the boldness of Yehovah that was manifesting on their life was so powerful. It's another level. It's another level. Now they're not walking around thinking about, can we have the Monday night club where we talk about the good old days with Yeshua walking on the earth? You know, they didn't have that night. They didn't have that memorial, right? Something happened that moved them on by the Spirit. They received the fire of the Spirit, the transforming power of the Spirit, the boldness of the Spirit, the authority of the Spirit. I'm shouting here. I'm just, okay making sure the glasses don't jump out of the cabinets here. Man, this, this excites me. It excites me. I don't know about what this is doing to you, but you start reading the scripture like this and something's happening, right? Verse 22, so with you now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice. So let's think about how we see Yeshua at this time. You know, because uh, he goes on in the second paragraph. He talks about asking in my name. You haven't asked for anything in my name. You haven't. Why, why is he saying this? Very, very truly, I tell you, um, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Why is this important about asking the father? Because they had been asking Yeshua personally. Oh, Yeshua, uh, uh, you know, questions, Thomas, Lord. We don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? I'm asking you, Yeshua. You're right before me. I'm asking you. 
right? And then here we come back into this ask, seek, and knock mindset. You do not have because you do not ask. Ask and it will be given and your joy will be complete. And here in this uh, portion, that's what we see in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, right? Here we see, um, listen, this is an important part of a little while, uh, how you're going to see me. How are you going to see me? Because you're going to ask the Father, and you're going to have the authority in my name. So you're not losing me. You're gaining my authority in a higher level. Oh, man, if I wasn't, I get my seatbelt off, get the mic off. I'm going for a run around the block right now just on that. I don't know about you, but man, I tell you, just think about that. The authority of Yeshua is dwelling within you. Woo! Oh, take a moment. <laughs> take a moment. <laughs> yeah, okay, right. Shut the call down. I need to go take an hour. I need to take, woo, hallelujah. Praise the name of Yeshua. Isn't this amazing? Isn't this amazing? You know, very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Oh, but I was just asking you, Yeshua. I was just asking you. We have all the questions of the disciples. Maybe someone wrote a book about it, the questions of the disciples through the Gospels, right? All the questions that they ask. And then here we are with the authority of the Spirit. Father, thank you. Father, thank you. There's so much richness. Are you sensing that? Just the richness of what's coming forth by the Spirit as we're fellowshipping today. You know, it's amazing. Until now, you've not asked for anything in my name. And they're like, well, okay. It's a new level. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Why? Because I see the manifestation of the authority of Yeshua. Silver and gold I have not. But why have I give unto you at the gate beautiful? In the name of Yeshua of Nazareth, rise up and walk. <laughs> Let's just try this out a little bit and see how it goes. And what was he doing? Walking, leaping, praising God. Oh, the authority, the authority. You ever laid hands on the sick and you watched them just scream like crazy because a supernatural miracle happens as bones just reconnect back together? They start screaming, I'm healed. They jump up, take off running when they've got a broken foot. When you experience the authority of the Holy Spirit manifesting, it just, man, silver and gold I don't have. It's not about your money. It's not about those things. It's the authority of the Spirit. And I pray right now over each and every one of us, and even over you, you guys who will listen later. Um, I haven't really tracked who's watching on uh, Facebook right now, but if you're listening on Facebook, welcome, and we appreciate you being here as well. And I know I've got some more people come in on, on the Zoom as well. We're blessed to have you here. That authority comes by the Spirit. Where does that boldness? When Peter stood up, he was filled with the Ruach HaKodesh, and he spoke. He spoke with eloquence. Wait a second. This man's from Galilee. This man's from the uneducated corner. And guess what? Yeshua is manifesting. He's showing up. He's operating. Christ, Messiah in me, the hope of glory. Amen? Amen? Come on. No weapon forged against you will prosper. So that's just the first part. And that 
first portion. You're going to experience grief, but just think of woman in, in a childbirth. When they take a look at the blessing of what's coming through this phase, they're going to look into the eyes of this child and be filled with love, be filled with joy to overflow. And they're like, oh, I need to have another baby. <laughs> I need to have another 10 babies, you know, some families, right? The authority of experiencing answered prayer, speaking in the name of Yeshua, because he dwells in you. He's in you. He dwells within you. Though I've been speaking figuratively, verse 25, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language that will tell you plainly about my father. In that day, you will ask in my name, and I'm not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. He didn't have to, because I and the Father are one. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you can ask anything in my name, and it will be done. So again, what's he doing? He's getting chapter 15, and he's washing the disciples with it again. He's saying, listen, you know, I'm the vine. My Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear fruit, right? And, you know, what, what he's, he's doing is basically, if you remain in me, you're going to bear fruit. You're going to show yourself to be my disciples. And this is what we want to see. Listen, you know, we have got to get into a realm of operation as believers where we do things effectively together for building the kingdom, Full stop, period. Why do we have to get to that place? Because it's not just about you receiving. Oh, brother, that was so good. That just blessed me. That word blessed me. That's not what we're doing here today. I'm, I'm not trying to get you a blessing. You know, you know, if you go to McDonald's, you might eat a McDonald's and feel like you're full, but you didn't get any nutrition. Yeah. <laughs> Why did I say that? Where did that come from? It's not about what you're receiving. Are we receiving to operate in the overflow of the Spirit? Well, brother, I was listening on the call last week, and I didn't really get anything out of it. Well, well, maybe the call's not for you then. It's not about what you're getting out of it. It's are we receiving to apply so that, you know, when the Word goes forth, we take the Word and we run with it. You know, we, we've had fellowships in Israel and different places where we've had groups of people coming and they love your chicken, they love the food, they love uh, the air conditioning and 120 degrees, they, they love the worship, they love everything that goes on, they love all the guests that come from overseas. But if they're just there and it's all about themselves, you know, if you've got a rose and it's got three leaves, it's healthy. But if it's got five leaves, it's called a sucker. And out of that sucker, you're not going to get a rose. You're not going to get fruitfulness. It looks like the three leaves, but it's a five leaf. It's a sucker. And those suckers, you've got to cut them off because they're not there to bear fruit. And even in our lives in the spirit, you know, don't be like that sucker leave where you're just going to take from the nutrients of the word, the nutrients of the fellowship, the nutrients of being together, but be involved. Walk with others. Build the kingdom. 
bear fruit and showing yourself to be a disciple. You know, it costs us something to be a disciple. It costs us something to invest, to pour out, to minister into this next phase of what the Father is doing within our lives. Why do we need the Spirit? We need the Spirit because the Father expects us to live this life out. So we're about eight minutes over in sharing right now, but I'm just going to bring things to a close in this portion because, you know, I'm so blessed with what we're reading right now because we're seeing such incredible revelation coming out of what Yeshua is talking about, the importance of the Spirit. You're not going to see me in a minute physically. You're not going to ask me to ask the Father. You're going to ask the Father in my authority, in my name. You're going to have boldness to stand on your own two feet when you're not in my presence. And when you stand on your own two feet, you're going to recognize, you're going to see me. Hallelujah. You will see me because you'll see the effects of everything that I am doing through your life and through the lives of other believers. Amen. That's what we get out of verse 16 as we open that up. No, uh, no, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from Elohim. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I'm leaving the world and going back to the Father. So what's the purpose? Why did Yeshua come? He came because he had to die so he could remarry Israel. He came so that he could restore relationship with the fullness of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Ruach HaKodesh. So I'm not going to believe the lie that the, the Spirit is separate or the Spirit is the Spirit of Yeshua because he breathed on the disciples and they received the Spirit. We see too many places where the Spirit is manifesting and operating. We see Yeshua praying to the Father. So oneness theology doesn't, doesn't work. You know, Yeshua is not the Father because how would he be raised from the dead if uh, the Father and the Son and the Spirit all in one died, how would you see that resurrection uh, from the dead? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, for what you are doing. The Father loves you because you've loved me. You know, through all of this, through all of our time within the Scripture, every time we spend in this book, you know what? Doesn't it just increase your your love language with the Father. It just transforms you. You know, you, you spend time with Him. Take time, not just as we fellowship together, but increase your time in His presence. You know, if you find yourself in a place you've just got to have outlets and you just got to flush everything that's going on within your mind, I want to invite you to change that around and delve deeper in the Spirit in those times. So instead of spacing out with the movies, instead of spacing out with music or other things, even though they're all great, there's lots of great things, it's nice. You know, I'm not saying it's all bad, right? I'm just saying if that's your outlet for trying to break through, you're missing it. It's the spirit. It's the spirit. It's, it's understanding the importance of walking in the spirit. So, Father, I pray right now, no, I'm not finished. I'm not praying right now. I'm reading verse 29. <laughs> Let's read verse 29 of Farley, and then we'll pray. Then Yeshua's disciples said, Now you're speaking clearly and without figures of speech. And this is important because you know what just happened as we read this portion of Scripture? 
Some of you, your eyes just opened to what Yeshua is talking about. Some of you, for the first time, even though you understand the concept, but something's happening now. It's not figurative speech. Now it's 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 like a home run. It's going from the head, boom, straight to the heart, right? Now you're speaking clearly without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you the questions. This makes us believe that you came from Elohim. I'm going to stop there, even though uh, we've got a few verses to go because next week we're going to do just uh, the final few verses and uh, we're going to press in with this. But Father, thank you that you have opened up your word to us with clarity and help us, Father, forgive us when we have got caught up in the doctrines of man, even over the triunity of the Spirit and the Father and the Son. And the, the, there's so much stuff out there. And just because someone's meant to be a better teacher, got bigger size boots on or, you know, got the title before their name or whatever, it doesn't mean they're right, Father. We want to be led by the Spirit. And if you can take little old Galileans with no education and you can use them to radically change the world, then, Father, you can take us and you can use us to bring change. And we want truth. We want the understanding of the Scripture. We don't need uh, to have all of the knowledge of this world, but we just press into you. And we ask that you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart that understands. And we just bless you for your word. And Father, I want to pray for Israel right now, as, as we're on day 88 of the war there in Israel. We, we stand together and pray for the land right now. Father, we call on your name for a mighty outpouring of your spirit in the land of Israel. Even the anti-missionaries right now are going crazy right now because of all of the people who are preaching the gospel in the land of Israel. They're so concerned about the materials that's going out to the IDF of the gospel, the Bibles that are going out, the literature that's going out. Yeshua is the Messiah. He's the answer. They're, they're getting mad, and that's okay. They're just going to have to get mad. But, Father, I thank you that you are stirring something up in the Spirit in the land of Israel, that even in the midst of the pain and the grief and everything that's going on in the land, we ask for a mighty outpouring of your spirit. Father, that we will see so many people added to the faith in this season that uh, it's going to rock the, the entire world because of what you do. I pray that that's the season we're walking in, and we want to be involved in that. We want to participate in that. We want to play our part in that. And firstly, it's about prayer. Ask. Asking in your name. We ask in the authority of Yeshua, Messiah that dwells within us. We ask for a mighty outpouring. We come against the assignments of darkness over the land of Israel, over the principalities, because we have authority because we do not speak on our own, but we speak by the Spirit and the authority of Yeshua. That's a higher power than any angel. And Father, we come against these principalities, these strongholds. We come against that spirit of jihad in the mighty name of Yeshua. And we break its back over, uh, over Israel, over the Middle East, over Lebanon. Father, 
over Gaza, over the West Bank area. Father, we, we come against that evil of Iran, and we say it's time that that spirit will be dealt with in Yeshua's name. <clears throat> we thank you, Father. So we rejoice, and we thank you in Yeshua's name. Amen.